the volume. Moneyline Monaco is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. Thirsty Thursday on Super Bowl week. It's almost pour up a cold one time. If you're in college, it is happy early weekend. If you're an adult, happy almost weekend. If you're a kiddo like me, you can go either way on a night like this. Just kidding. We're locked in. One way to go and it's full steam ahead on a show like this. We've stared at the painting from a spread perspective. We've looked at the lens from an over-under. We've marinated on a little bit of the psychology. Now it's time to get into the skill position players. We got to get into the famous quote, defense wins championships. This is a throwback Thursday type day, people. Who would I be to not give you the Steve Spagnola defensive output against Tommy Tampa Brady? Oh, yes, they did dance back in a Super Bowl as well as Andy Reid against Tom Brady. There's history here. Todd Bowles also has a Super Bowl ring on his finger. We're going to go into the Bucks D, the Chiefs D, and I would be remiss if we didn't go into detail on the skill positions in this game. Star-wide receivers and pass catchers everywhere. Hill, Kelsey, Godwin. Evans, A.B. if he's good to go, Sammy Watkins if he's dancing. There's too many lads to not discuss. We'll get a little fan duel prop angle on that. We'll discuss the numbers. And of course, we have to continue and start where I went into yesterday because there's new news on it. Not only is Tom Brady at home all week, He has done what no married man could ever pull off. And that's keep a ring on your finger while kindly and respectfully asking your wife and kids to get the Uncle Phil jazz out the window, baby. Get out of the house. I'll see you this weekend. I mean, it's one of the greatest moves I've ever seen made. So you're telling me, and I have to lead the show with this because I have a quote here from Tommy. Colin brought it up this morning as well. If you're a married man listening to this, you have to understand how big this married man ask is when it comes to dialing in. And I already threw up a piece of content on the Moneyline Monaco Instagram based off of what Colin was talking about. And it's the idea that Brady is in the comfort of his own home, but he doesn't have distractions. So my joke of an example, but I was all too serious, was the Jason Bateman, Ryan Reynolds movie, The Changeup, where they switch roles because the bachelor wants the married man stability life and the married man just wants to go to the bathroom and not be bothered by nine kids and three different personalities. The point is... Tom Brady, who's in the comfort of his palace, his castle, 
Let's not forget this man used to have a moat in front of his pad. He is Game of Thronesing it. And you know what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now? He's asking for a haircut. Okay? And this is where you have to say focus, concentration, dialed in. One team's coming from another city. The other's Larry Lamped the whole week. And now you're telling me the greatest preparer outside of maybe Drew Brees when it comes to film, when it comes to overall prep. Ever think about this? Ever notice this? I point it out all the time. You look at the old school guys when they go to the sideline during the game. Brees, Brady, Manning. Manning's gone, but you get the point. When they would go to the sideline in these last few years, because they've only had tablets on the sideline, iPads, Microsoft Surfaces, whatever you want to call it, for a few years. Notice how the old timers don't waste a second. They're working. They're clocked in. Watch Patrick Mahomes. Watch some of these new guys. Josh Allen, pick one. You think they're sitting there studying a tablet when the defense is on the field? No, they're not. They're chatting. They're gabbing. They're having fun. This is back to the Patriot way. Tom will smile next week. Tom will hang out and peck his kid. (laughs) I went too far. Next week. Here's what he said when asked about it. I'm happy I'm in my own bed. I'm happy I'm eating good stuff at home. I'm happy I had extra time to prepare. Don't have to travel. Don't have to pack my clothes, pack up all my other crap. It's our own locker room, our own practice field. In the end, I think there's some real positives to take from it. The greatest preparer in the history of the sport got an Owen Wilson, Jason Sudeikis, Hall pass because Giselle is just as focused and just as dialed. So this has now become more than just Brady and the Bucs with the comfort of their own home. Now you're giving me a guy who's been married for years. I mean, Patty Mahomes is in the honeymoon stage. I mean, he married his high school sweetheart, his college girlfriend. The point is, Patrick Mahomes is over here the questions of Andy Reid, I already alluded to it. They're talking dynasty. They're this, they're that. Dude, Tom Brady has been waiting to get a beer pong rebuttal against Stevie Spagnola since 2007. He has a personal vendetta against this man. He ruined a perfect season once upon a time. As the Giants defensive coordinator. Now, I did talk a lot of Bucks angles because you can tell if you've been tuning in every day, I'm going Bucks. But I'm going to start to get into the weeds with you right now on Spagnola first because I'm going to give you the devil's advocate angle because there is something to take away from this. I'll just let you be the judge. So... Steve Spagnola, defensive coordinator, 07, New York Giants, 18-0 Patriots. We all remember the drill. So Brady posted his second worst outing among nine Super Bowl starts in that game. 
it's a little troubling because obviously, and it makes sense, you probably could educate a guess what his worst statistical game was. It was his first one. 14-point dogs, never should have been there, yada, yada, yada. This is the game that really sticks out, though. It's the worst game outside of the first Super Bowl for Tommy. 14 points for them, and they lost. So here we go. Against Spagnola as a whole, he's 2-3 and three against them. And he's 0-2 with four touchdowns and three picks with Spags as the Chiefs defensive coordinator. So Brady against Spags on the Chiefs defense. He's only 2-3. and three. That includes the playoffs, including an 0-2 with four TDs and three INTs for Spags. That's a little terrifying. So since 2019, when Spagnola took over, he is a Super Bowl champion. The Chiefs D has allowed the seventh least points in the league, 20.9 points per game and 354 total yards per game at 16th. That is incredibly impressive. And previous to that, in 2018, they allowed 26.3 points per game, 24th in the NFL, and they were giving up the 34. First most yards per game at 405.4 total yards per game. This is incredibly impressive because this is all on Spagnola's resume. The Chiefs have allowed 24 or fewer points in four straight playoff games. Longest streak in the postseason. If you remember back to that game, and I was on the Patriots in that Spagnola defensive coordinator Giants game. They got to Brady, but they got to Brady on that four-man rush. That stray hand, Yura, you remember it. It was revolting. It was hard to watch. Spagnola absolutely will want to get that pressure with four. Just to give you an idea how he did against the Bucs this season. This is all. We have to look at this game from the defensive side unequivocally here. And, and that's what this episode really is about. So, in that Week 12 regular season win, Spagnola drew up blitzes for Kansas City on Brady, 45.2% of the dropbacks. So almost half the time, Brady was blitzed. It was the third highest blitz rate Brady's faced in a game this year. Not great, including the playoffs. That's per next-gen stats. He was 11-19, 57.9 completion percentage, one touchdown, two picks, and a 60.1 passer rating against that blitz. Week 12 against the Chiefs. When the Chiefs didn't blitz, 16-22, 72.7 completion percentage, two tugs, no picks, almost 131 passer rating. So the difference in, let's just go with passer rating and completion percentage, more than double for passer rating, 131-60 to 60 on a blitz to no blitz. And we're talking about it just under 58% completion percentage versus 73, just a tick under. That is a little troubling. It's actually very troubling because a lot of people that are on the Chiefs feel like Tom's going to be gotten to. But here's your magic number, though. I just gave you that defensive number from a points per game, four straight postseason games under that amount. 
Well, here's the other side. Bucks are 8 and 0 all-time when scoring 20 points plus in a postseason game. When they score under 20, 1 and 9. Most people would be. 20 points seems to be a magic number. Certainly was for the old school golf ramps. But this Bucks offense, it's just the 11th team all-time to score 30 plus points three times in a single postseason. And get ready to get excited. Nine of the previous 10 won the dance. The 11th team, this Brady Bucks offense, all time, they've scored 30 plus points three times in a single postseason. Nine of the 10, the only team to ever not win and do that. I feel terrible for Larry Fitz when I say this. The 08 Cardinals. Hey, I've got to take a minute to give a shout out to FanDuel Sportsbook. They found the perfect way for everyone to get in on the action this Sunday. I'm talking about big game bingo. You can claim your free big game bingo card right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. The card automatically fills for watching the game. So once you've filled five squares in a row, all you have to do is call bingo to claim your share of $100,000 in prize. That's right. FanDuel is giving away $100,000 in prizes for free. FanDuel is the exclusive home for big game bingo. And your card is waiting. For you, right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. The app is so easy to use and takes less than two minutes to sign up. There are more ways to win on FanDuel during the big game, but there is no excuse to miss out on this one. Big Game Bingo is perfect for everyone. You can win your share of $100,000 in prizes, and it's absolutely free to play. Only on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Let's go. Here's a fun one for you too. Since this is about the Chiefs D, but it is also about the other side of what they're going against. Tampa Bay is just the fifth team all time to win three road games in a single postseason. You had the 1985 Pats, the 05 Steelers, the 07 Giants, and the 2010 Packers. The only team to not win three road postseason games and lose the Super Bowl, the 85 Brady-less Patriots. Everyone else won. Steelers, Giants, Packers. That stat and trend leans towards the Bucks. Now let's get into, since we're on the defensive side of the Chiefs and talking Bucks offense, what we're looking at, I'm going to hybrid the props here because FanDuel has some interesting prop numbers. And then I'm going to get into the Todd Bowles defensive side and how in the world do they plan to stop Tyreek Hill and these boys. So the Bucks. All right, so Brown at the moment, AB, we're not sure his complete status. So it may very well be Godwin, Evans, and your boy Scotty Miller. In the regular season, 33 receptions, 501 yards, three receiving on 9.5 yards per target. And we all know the touchdown he had 
over King, who probably doesn't have a job right now out of Green Bay. Tommy's working with Mike Evans, the first player in NFL history with at least a thousand receiving yards in his first seven seasons. Wow. Chris Godwin in 29 games over the last, including the postseason, 29 games. He's averaging 10.3 yards per target, 165 grabs, 2,396 yards, 17 tugs. Evans in 32 games, 147 grabs, 2,336 yards, 23 touchdowns, 9.4 yards per target. That's who Tommy Tampa is working with. And we're looking at a Spags D that essentially is dealing with a FanDuel prop. Interestingly enough, I find this to be a little low, quite frankly. You can nibble on it. But Mike Evans is only at a, if I'm seeing this correctly, 63.5 yards over under. Godwin's at 73.5. It's minus 210 for Godwin to get over 60 yards, minus 138 for Evans to get over 60 yards, but right at that number is 63. Robbie Gronk, if you're interested, 31.5 yards on this list. And you know Brady with his tight ends. He threw 138 passes to Gronkowski and Brait this season, sixth in the league. Gronk had 45 passes for 623 yards, seven tugs. A little bit of a quiet year. He's only caught two passes for 43 yards in the last two games. That, to me, could be a fun prop. Gronk to catch a tug. Just know, before we go to the other side of the football with Bulls versus Biennemi and Reed, Brady's well aware of what Spagnola does. And it's heavy on the scheme, just like Bulls, which I'm going to break down for you. But Tom knows the four-man rush is his kryptonite. We've seen it, but this Bucks offensive line has protected Tom. Less sacks than last year. He feels protected. This is a get the ball out fast, spread the ball around. I'm confident. Spagnola might have him. Now, look, if you like all those numbers I told you, I mean, then take the under. Then take the under. So here we go. Tampa Bay's defense. Let's go. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, said he thinks Bulls scheme-wise for years has been cutting edge. There are so many ways you can look at this Tampa Bay defense. They're aggressive. We'll start there. They blitz 40% of the time. But what Bulls does that's fascinating, he disguises pass rush. So you may see Sue, Golston, sometimes drop into a zone. DBs will blitz. And you're talking about no Eric Fisher again. And no Mitchell Schwartz, potentially. The year before Bulls arrived, just to give you an idea of the difference in how versatile the blitzing can be, Bucks defensive backs didn't even have a sack. This season, 
Winfield Jr., yes, sir, and Jordan Whitehead combined for five sacks, seven quarterback hits. That's a year after Barrett got 19 and a half sacks from the edge. The Bucs got nine out of Devin White from inside blitzes. They are all over you all the time. So this is where it gets fascinating. So so Bulls runs and Tampa runs what's called a shadow coverage. It's similar, I would describe, to like a box and one, if you will, in basketball, where you one off, you pick your best defender to cover the best, pretty much, offense. The lights out offense. So what they tried to do last time, it's basically when a corner covers your best receiver. That would be Tyreek Hill. And then they run a zone. So that corner is supposed to run all over the field covering Tyreek Hill. That did not work the first time around. The man that had that role wasn't fun. Carlton Davis, he's their shadow corner on this Todd Bowles defense. Bowles has been doing this for years. So Carlton versus Tyreek Hill. Oh, gosh. Back to week 12, 53% of the routes were even covered. Nine catches on nine targets, 208 yards, three TDs. It was a historic game. Just to give you a comparison, Davis is absolutely a top tier shutdown defender. He allows just a 57.4% catch rate against most number one receivers. Comparatively speaking, Michael Thomas against Carlton, two catches for nine yards, three catches for 33 yards. It went against Allen Robinson, eight catches for 62. Devonta Adams, three for 33. And then this past game, four for 31 and a tug. This is just against Carlton. Tyreek sauced him. Absolutely sauced him. So there may be a world where they take the role away from Carlton and they give it to Dean, who actually might be their better cover corner across two years. He's allowed just 5.7 yards per target at a 58.6% catch rate. All these are fun little inside stats by pro football focus. This is incredibly important. You have to really get in your noggin, the Super Bowl, it's matchups. And you're staring at Tyreek Hill right now. They are so confident. This man's going to get over 80 yards. His over-under right now is at 94.5 via FanDuel uh, prop receiving yards. They got it at minus 225. Tyreek gets over 80 yards. That's ridiculous. That's incredible. 25 plus yards? 25 plus yards. You get minus 20,000. That's how much FanDuel says Tyreek Hill will eat. It's the same thing for Kelsey. Just about. Kelsey's at 98.5 yards. Actually a tick over. But he's also at minus 20,000 in that range. That's just incredible. But if they go with a Todd Bowles type shadow corner, I mean, they're known for the Tampa 2. They got absolutely sauced. There is so much to look at on film from the Bucks' perspective and wrongs to right in this game. You'd like to think that's the spiel. So the three cover corners for the Bucks, they're going to do their best. And the scary thing, though, about Andy Reid is he mixes and matches. So Hill will be on the perimeter, 
and then he'll come in and he'll play slot. And that's when we get incredibly nervous. I mean, honestly, I mean, Sammy Watkins, 13.7 yards per target. Tyreek Hill over the last five, 7.6 yards per target. I mean, you're looking at Hardman. You're looking at Pringle. All these dudes, 4-3, 4-4 speed. Hardman, 4-3-3. Tyreek, 4-2-9. Watkins has a 4-4-3. I mean, are you kidding me? The only way to win this game is in the trenches for the Bucs. But let's get into the Bucs and the numbers a little bit. Let's call it the Tampa takeaway, shall we? Very, very few offenses have benefited from this Bucs team. During the last two seasons, they're tied for fourth in takeaways, second in the league, and points scored off turnovers. That's incredible. During the last two years, fourth in the NFL in takeaways, second in the league, and points scored off turnovers. Rodgers is giving you credit for scheme. And Rodgers' stat line, 33 of 48, 346, three tugs, one pick. Didn't put him in check, but did enough. Let's go to the Breeze stat line. 19 to 34, 134 yards, one tug, three picks. Mahomes is certainly closer stylistically to Rodgers. They're not stopping Patrick Mahomes. But this is worth noting. The best pass rusher in the game, in the whole game, there is not even a top 10 sacks player in this game, in the league this season. Think about that. Not a single pass rusher. JPP, who I said on Tuesday's show, I like an over 0.5 sacks because of him going against the backup left tackle in this game, leads the whole sack category on both sides, on both teams. He's got nine and a half sacks on the year at 11th most and 55 tackles. Devin White, 14th on that list with nine sacks, 140 tackles. So your top two pass rushers from a sack standpoint are on the Bucs side of the ball. Just to give you a little love, Honey Badger's third in the league with six picks. But Carlton Davis is right there on seventh with four picks. So if you do look at that, from a defensive standpoint, it's a better front seven, and they get to the quarterback more. And a 40% of the time blitz from Todd Bowles, this is on a season sample. I mean, the year before Bowles arrived was a whole nother Bucks defense. This is the role he thrives in. It is unequivocally the role of comfort. Now, if you want to go over under on any of these yards based off all this defensive analytics breakdown, whatever you want to call it, I'd still probably take the Tyreek over 94.5. And I'd probably dance on Kelsey cracking 100 yards too. I think from a yard standpoint, believe it or not, there's a world where Brady's going to go to guys like Miller and Gronk potentially more than you think. I mean, Breland's a decent cover corner. Ward's a decent cover corner. Chiefs are not doing too bad in their secondary. Obviously, Honey Badger's a beast. 
this is also worth noting. There are zero 1,000-yard rushers in this game on the season. Your boy Ronald Jones, number one in most rush yards of all the running backs in this game. 978 on the season, 5.1 yards per carry on seven tugs. That's 12th most in the league. So you have a Super Bowl with no top 10 pass rushers on sacks and no top 10 on the ground. This could not be more Tommy and Patty sitting in a tree. G-O-A-T-I-N-G. Goading. Something will have to Jack Nicholson give. One we'll on this. You may want to know what does the stadium look like? I've been talking about home field the whole time. According to Ian Rappaport, there will be roughly 7,000 vaccinated healthcare workers to make up roughly a third of the crowd. Most invited from the Kansas City area. Okay. There will still be more Bucks fans. This is according to the NFL. But Ian Rapp says the Super Bowl will have 25,000 people in that stadium. And get this, 30,000 cutout, PTI, popsicle stick faces, 30,000 Kornheiser and Will Bond noggins amidst 25,000 fans and 7,000 vaccinated healthcare workers. That, ladies and gentlemen, is your Super Bowl matchup. And I do have some fun props for you. But that will have to start tomorrow. And my favorite and my favorite FanDuel prop, the Fat Boy prop, plus 1100, the Fat Guy special. Best thing about a Fat Boy touchdown is a Fat Boy dance. And I'll tell you two, only two times ever since Refrigerator Perry caught the probably one of the most iconic touchdowns in Super Bowl history, do we have ourselves a FanDuel Fat Guy prop plus 1,100? Best thing about a Fat Boy touchdown is a Fat Boy dance. Tom Brady's involved in two Fat Boy touchdowns in the playoffs. I'll throw that out there at you. Tomorrow, I have a special interview lined up. This is with a guy who is holding on, I mentioned to him yesterday, a futures ticket that will pay him well over six figures on the Bucks. He is not hedging. We're going to get into the nitty gritty with him. We're also going to discuss how does a professional capper, how does a whale, how does a sharp go about breaking down a game like this? Where's the public factor in? How about the officiating crew? How about the numbers? Very much a stock market analytical approach. It's going to be a riveting conversation. Tune into that tomorrow. Until then, enjoy the Defense Wins Championships conversation on the Thursday pod. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow at Moneyline Monaco. And you remember to hug your mothers. I'm out. See you tomorrow.
Volume.